0: Yeah, he has exactly. a costco membership i don't know man
1: oh uh, he probably does they have good vacuums there
0: <laughs> is he a big vacuum guy dude yeah. he used to like deny going out with us so he could stay home and vacuum like that was literally his excuse
2: <laughs> he said that
0: <laughs> yeah it was like yo uh, you want to grab a bite nah man i gotta like i'm gonna
2: stay in the vacuum today Seinfeld stuff, wouldn't you create an excuse for the actual real excuse? Why would you want anybody to know you're actually vacuuming? You would say like, oh, I have to, you know, bring my dog to the vet or something along those lines. Literally anything. That's crazy. Wow, he's very honest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he is.
0: What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, the Iceman himself, the baby daddy, Josh Cohen. How you doing?
2: Feeling great. Feeling great. I'm excited for All-Star Weekend coming up. Okay. Always excited for All-Star Weekend. Hopefully get a couple people together this weekend, have a good time, nice. but if not, then I'll be watching on my own, I guess. Whoa, are you
0: breaking COVID restrictions? Oh, no. would never want to do that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the bang of the pain, a residential medical expert. Please tell Josh how dangerous this is to be, to be breaking our COVID restrictions. Rajan Walia.
1: Well, good thing is, I think probably by the time the All-Star game starts, we won't have to show our vaccine passports if we get together. Um, but
2: uh, <laughs> So I'm not going to have to show my vaccine passport at your door when I come over?
1: Uh, definitely <laughs> not. I, I don't think you ever had to, but uh, feel free if you want to.
0: <laughs> no, I'm good. Josh is that dude... Josh is going to come up with like a, a printout of it
2: just for you. Yeah, I'll be like that hockey player that faked his vaccine passport. <laughs> Yo, it's a good idea,
0: man. It's it's easy to get natural immunization, you know? Oh,
2: man. You're going to lose all your sponsorships after people hear this, story, this Yeah,
1: passport. yeah. Edit that We're out. Just kidding. <laughs> yes. Oh. Um, But honestly, I'm in a mentally good place, uh, as Steve Nash would probably say. um, Steve Nash is
2: not in a mentally good place right now, that's for sure. (laughs) But at least Ben Simmons is. He's getting there. He's getting there. He'll get there Um, after March 10th when they have to play in Philadelphia. (laughs) He's not playing in that game. You think he's going to set out a whole month (laughs) until he plays? He will do whatever it takes to avoid that one date on the calendar. If there's like oh, any type swordus. of game around it and he's already come back, then he's not coming back for that game. Yeah. He'll yeah, make up an
0: exactly Raj. he'll make up an excuse like for that game, but he's not going to sit out until then.
2: That's no. wild, dude. There's no timetable no for his return. He's going to take at least a couple of weeks. So, I don't no. know. I don't think he's going to be back by then. He's it's a he's perfect, playing the first game back.
1: Excuse no, first game back from the All-Star game he's playing. This is not the uh, first seed Brooklyn, Letts, uh, Brooklyn Nets. This is a team that's 1-9 in, in their last 10 uh, <laughs> in the play-in tournament. They're not going to just afford him like uh, an extra month off.
2: No, I am 100% correct because they are playing Philadelphia in Philadelphia on the 10th of March. Their previous game before that is three days before against the Bulls on the 7th. And then after that, their next game is on the thirteenth. So he has no built-in excuse. There's no games around that game. That game is primo prime time game. No back-to-backs. No three and four nights. There's no yeah, way he's knee coming for that. Yeah, but yeah. knee
1: soreness. Like you can just say like yeah. resting a knee, like a sore knee. Yeah, I hurt myself on the play before. He just has to make that excuse before like uh, the March seventh uh, game. Say that he's playing with a sore knee and say, oh, it's best to rest it because we have so many days off in between, and I'm good to go after. This
0: mm, is the end of- I like that. I like that.
2: Yeah, I think the I only like way he gets away with that is if he leaves the, the game against the Bulls on the seventh with knee soreness, as you mentioned, the second quarter. But if that doesn't happen, no, he's getting no. all sorts of hate. He, he's like,
1: going to no. say it He's going to say before the game that he's playing with knee soreness. Mm. So that it's not, oh, it's not magically before the Nets game. It's just... The game before and then after playing against the Bulls it just didn't feel quite right I need to rest it for oh look we have six days
2: in between the next game if I skip the next game perfect it's funny how much media attention that we've not just us but everyone has given these two losers (laughs) when neither of them are going to come close to a championship the rest of their career
0: (laughs) you don't think so because I I was like this is what we have to talk about today man we're talking about contenders teams that we think could actually win the championship this year but, Josh, it sounds like you're already writing off both the 76ers and the Nets. The Nets, who, mind you, who keep in mind, have KD, who is, I'm assuming, resting so he can come back healthy for the playoffs. Right? The 76ers, who have probably the leading candidate for MVP this year. And you have, by Valentine's Day, already written both of these teams off. Absolutely. As title contenders.
2: 100%. How? How? How, how are you going to write off the Nets, firstly? How does that work? Well, because the Nets have a player who only plays in half the games, obviously. And even though they are going to be a road team for the entirety of the playoffs, he's still only going to play in half the games. So if they lose one of the two first road games on the road, you know, against a good team, chances are they're probably going to lose a series. And, you know, their team is also in flux right now, obviously, with the chemistry issues and uh you know not being able to play together before the playoffs even start like how many games are these guys going to play together based on Kyrie's side schedule we don't know when Ben Simmons is coming back we have no idea when is coming back and then they have like a glut of big men and a bunch of two small guards <laughs> it's just not going to work this year like they might maybe win around this year but after that they're not going to beat the top level eastern conference teams
1: yeah. And ke- chemistry is really important for this team. They obviously with Kyrie's, I think he's only going to play an eight to 10 more games for the rest of the season. Um, unless mm. there's some changes in the health protocol. Um, but otherwise Ben Simmons is probably going to play for less than 25 games. Um, by the time he comes back, Katie's coming back from an injury. Uh, Joe Harris, is he going to be healthy? There's so many question marks that you can't really consider this team to be an actual contender. Um, But on paper, if they were healthy and they had even half a season to meld together, they could be pushing for the Eastern Conference Finals. And depending on the matchup, could make it to the finals, but not given the circumstances.
0: So the Nets have uh, 11 more away games this year. One of them is in New York, so that doesn't count, obviously. So they have 10 more away games for the year. And you're right
1: he can't play i think against toronto and in california or in san francisco or something like that like i'm pretty sure there was a post saying that mm. out of all the eligible games he can play in 8 of them
0: mm that's right, right that's right i forgot about uh about golden state they play- i don't think they're playing golden state though but it's only in san francisco it's not uh it's not california wide right like he's played in la this year
1: yeah that's true I but I- i'm pretty sure it's 8 games yeah. um well either yeah. way
0: you're right the toronto game is off is off as well because oh that's march 1st though that means you won't need a vaccine passport
1: uh to come ooh. in but to play he might true They haven't really ooh. announced that yet so we'll see
0: yo man uh, grand conspiracy the government is in
2: Kyrie's pocket you know, the Canadian government in the guy's pocket. Based on their schedule, though, it's looking more and more like it's going to be Toronto and the Nets in the play-in series in the first game, potentially, right? Because actually, no, maybe not. Because no, it all it depends is. on the schedule, obviously. But like Brooklyn's just never going to be fully healthy. I have a full roster for the rest of the year, so it's just it's just not going to work this year. Like next year, maybe once the mandate is maybe gone and all these guys get to play together, like they have a pretty damn good team if they're healthy. But mm-hmm. if they're healthy, and they're not going to be this year, then they're probably going to be one and out, and then they got to fix things up in the offseason.
0: Okay, well, take me across the, the trade then, Raj. Why are the 76ers not a real contender this year? Because well, behind Embiid and ideally uh, a not-so-fat hardened, you would think that these guys could go at least a round or two into the
1: playoffs easily, right? Yeah, but then you have to look at their coaching. Like I think when you're, we're looking at contenders um there has to be a like a good team on paper like good stars that have multiple ways to win um teams that play on both sides of the ball offense and defensively teams that have some level of chemistry with each other and we can't assume that they're going to be perfect right off the bat which again Harden and Embiid have a few reasons why they would work and live at the charity stripe but then also Harden loves having access to the lane and Embiid is kind of, that's where he does most of his work. So we have to see how that fit works. Um, but like looking at chemistry, looking at coaching, looking at the players on offense and defense that the 76ers don't have enough uh, compared to the other teams in the East. Um, I know Josh will probably talk about the Miami heat. So I'll talk about the Milwaukee bucks, uh, the defending NBA champs and, um, they have continuity. Obviously, they haven't been fully healthy this year, um, but they have the right pieces to win. They have some experience under their belt. Um, there's less pressure um, now on their coaching staff having won last year. So I, th- I think the Bucks have to be one of the top two contenders um, in the East. And obviously, I'll
2: let Josh talk about the Miami Heat because that has to be the other one. You know, I think Milwaukee is the clear favorite right now, but they do have a pretty gaping hole in the middle. And it's shown up, especially recently, against some pretty skilled centers. Like Jokic just tore them apart, obviously. they're Not going to have to face them in the playoffs, obviously. But like, you know, even yesterday, playing against Nurkic. I know Giannis didn't play, but Nurkic had like 26 and 16. And, you know, Serge was playing that (laughs) game. So you'd think that he'd be able to slow him down a little bit. But, you know, Serge might just be a shell of his former self. And you would think that he's probably going to start in the playoffs with Giannis in a lot of the matchups against, you know, teams that actually have a center. And if not, then Bobby Portis is going to continue to start. But, you know, their lack of size could be an issue in a lot of playoff series. And they haven't played against Embiid plus Harden yet. And, uh, you know, obviously that's going to be a huge issue for them with, you know, having Embiid. Because who do you put on him? I don't think Serge can guard him anymore. Bobby Portis sure as hell can't. And then, you know, (laughs) put Giannis on him the entire game and wear him out? Probably not until the fourth quarter. So they got some things to figure out against that team. But... I think Milwaukee is the clear number one. And then number two, I probably would put Miami. Um, You know, Miami's had an up and down year, but they're still in first place somehow despite all their injuries. And you just look at their lineup from top to bottom and you compare it to like the Philadelphia 76ers lineup. They have no weak points in their starting five um, to where you can like really attack. It depends who they start, obviously, too. Like if they start Duncan Robinson, then yes, you have that weak point there. Um, But they don't have to play them for more than 15, 20 minutes a game if they don't want to. And they have a lot of guys that they can bring in the game that, um, you know, can play some defense or at least play average defense. Like Tyler hero is going to be in that spot in their closing lineup, obviously. And they just have a really solid team when they had the best coach, maybe in the NBA. So when I take them or Philadelphia in a series, I will choose coaching continuity and defense over (laughs) a really slow roster with a bunch of guys. And strip clubs. And strip clubs. Um, oh. Who just oh, you, are not up to the task. That's a good point. That's a
0: good point. You got to take into account the Miami flu for Harden is just going to be rough. Yeah. That's a very good point. Oh, I didn't even take that into account. Um, Giannis is ideally uh, like a help defender, right? Like you wouldn't want Giannis on Embiid for most of a game, would you? Just going to wear him out. It's going to take away his offensive capability and. Honestly, as a one-on-one, like, he's good, obviously, but he is optimized as, like, that weak-side help defender. So, I mean, you're right. There's no one to really go against Embiid, but Embiid is, like... It's kind of like Jokic, you know? Some guys are just, like, cheat codes. And Embiid and Jokic are clearly the two big men in the league right now who are just cheat codes offensively. So I wouldn't really... I, I don't think that, like, finding without one defender for them is really fair. It's sort of just, like minimizing their effects rather than canceling them out to that extent
2: and you can't you know, forget like... about Giannis either right Giannis is another cheat code and who does philadelphia have to guard yep. him i mean their best bet honestly and you're probably gonna laugh at this but it's probably harden <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll have a laugh but um i mean harden is the most thick individual besides Embiid, <laughs> obviously and that's starting five <laughs> And he actually defends post players pretty well, except Giannis does a bit of everything, obviously. So if Giannis is just posting up, maybe it's not that bad, but if Giannis <laughs> is at the top of the floor and picking rolls and such, then they're going to get killed. Sorry, yeah.
0: re- remember like years ago when it was a Boston Milwaukee playoff uh, series, and Kyrie just kept saying that he would take Giannis on defense? <laughs> like this guy completely sabotaging his team by <laughs> saying he would take Giannis in his MVP year. Oh, Sorry, your Harden thing just brought me back to that. That was great, <laughs> man. That was like class A tanking during the playoffs
2: by Kyrie. I can see that happening with Harden. I mean, we have to talk about too, Harden deciding to not opt into his contract for $48 million by accident, which I just found out today. I, like, I saw the reports when he originally got traded that he was opting in automatically, and then all of a sudden he forgot to send in his paperwork. <laughs>
0: He's uh <laughs> He's self
2: managed, man. He doesn't have an agent. I mean, maybe that, yeah, maybe you couldn't find the scanner, the fax machine, whatever you need to send the paperwork. Fax machine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine Hart Uh, pulling up to a strip club and be like, yo, guys, do you have a fax machine? (laughs) Like like the only place he knows. I need
0: to use your office. You had a fax machine? Also, what's on the menu? Come on, man. Who's uh, on the menu? There you go. <laughs> the uh, The media narrative around Harden just like butchering this the past like two years is pretty impressive, considering that he's quit on two teams, literally sabotaged games in the regular season, and everyone's just like, "Oh yeah, you know James is just being James. Like he's just having a bad time in Brooklyn. He just wanted out. As if this dude didn't have a plan from the very get go. Like <sighs> unless everything worked out perfectly for him, there was no way he was gonna stay." It was so obvious that when he didn't sign his extension because he wanted to test free agency, that he wasn't gonna stay in Brooklyn. Come on, man. This media narrative protecting Harden is very strange to me. I don't understand why they're all like protecting his ass.
2: Yeah, he's going to do the exact same thing in Philadelphia too. He's gonna to be out of there within one to two years, and if he isn't, they can enjoy paying him two hundred and fifty million over the course of five subpar seasons. Poor yeah, gonna... man.
1: It's probably a blessing in disguise that he didn't opt in um, for Philadelphia. They get to see how it works out. Um, obviously, if he doesn't opt in and you want to keep him, then you're on the hook, but that's your you have a choice now in the matter instead of making Harden have that choice. Uh, Josh, I got a question for you, and even Peter. Out of the Bulls in Cleveland, who's a bigger contender?
2: Oh, the Bulls by far. It's not even close. 100%. Like Cleveland's having a nice year. Yes, they have a fantastic defense, but you got to be able to score in the playoffs too. And they just don't have enough scoring, especially when you play against the top teams in the East. Like, they're beating up a lot of like the lower level teams, maybe mid-level teams, which is great. You're supposed to do that as a good team, obviously, but come playoff time when you have a six foot seven guy on Darius Garland, and then you're forcing Karis LeVert to create all the offense and, you know, shots at the end of the shot clock because they can't get in anything. Cleveland probably will not run around this year, but they should still be happy about the season that they had.
0: Yeah. yeah. Plus, go ahead. I'll go. And on top of that, the Chicago Bulls have uh, apparently God mode DeMar DeRozan, who, in case like you haven't been paying attention to the NBA in the past week or so, DeMar has gone with 40 points 38, 35, 36, 38, 45, 31, and 28 in February. Those are insane numbers, man. This guy is, uh, he's on another level this year. And I mean, in in a slow-paced, half-court offense, DeMar is the kind of guy that you want, especially in the playoffs. Not saying he's going to do well defensively, but offensively, man, there's no one stopping DeMar this
2: year. And a quick stats corner for you. He's tied the NBA record for most consecutive 35-point games with 50% shooting from the field. And he's tied, can you guess who the player is? Incorrect. Wilt. Correct. Wilt Chamberlain. He did it twice. So if DeMar DeRozan gets another 35-point game with 50% plus shooting the next game, he will break Wilt's record, which is pretty friggin' impressive. When you break any record that has Wilt
0: in it or tie anything that has Wilt in it, you're pretty damn impressive. <laughs> That's all that's all I can really say, man. If you're just in the same conversation, that's it. Yeah, and you're, I mean, you're damn impressive.
2: With the Bulls, like they're probably the dark horse in the East right now because they have so many injuries and yet they're sort of like Miami where they just keep winning despite all their injuries. And they have so many key pieces that are out right now that may be coming back or should be coming back by the playoffs with uh, you know, Caruso, Lonzo, Patrick Williams is supposed to be back by the end of the year too. So especially those two guards, if they can get them back by March and start to integrate them in the offense and defense again and get their perimeter defense back to where it was. I mean, they were a top seven defense, I think, for most of the year with those guys in the lineup. And then they dropped to 30th as soon as those both guys went out. So they're a pretty dangerous team in the playoffs because they have a pretty well-rounded team overall, and they know what they're doing on both sides of the ball. And I can definitely see them beating basically any of these teams, maybe except for Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, for me, the the big question mark around the Bulls is not the talent, it's just the injuries and getting those guys healthy and integrated into the offense before the playoffs. Um, I, I think they can beat um, any team in, in the East. I, I don't think they're the favorites over Milwaukee or a, a healthy Miami team. But hey, uh, given the right matchup, given an injury here and there. Uh, If they can maintain home court advantage, anything can happen. And uh, LeBron's not in the East, so maybe we can actually see DeMar go to the finals this year.
0: (laughs) I like that. You beat me to Uh, it. Are are we giving any credence to this Boston Celtics hot streak here? Now that they've finally found a defense, they actually have uh, another gritty player in Derek White. Apparently, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have learned how to pass to each other, so that's that's nice.
2: Why do you call him gritty? He's not a small white guy.
0: I'm trying to change the narrative here, Josh, because he's in Boston now. You know, you gotta gotta play the narrative to the city. Was his first stop to a place that served clam chowder? I I don't know, man. You have to ask him. Anyways, are we giving Boston any real love this year? or Are they like first, second round tops? I don't. I wouldn't consider them in the same light as like Milwaukee or Miami, but I mean, if these guys get hot, they've made it to the the Eastern Conference
2: Finals before. I think if they get the right matchup, they could. But I sort of see them as, you know, Chicago light where you have your two-star wing players and you have pretty good talent around them that should fit. It's just they haven't really found a way to make it all fit yet, even though they had the streak recently. But they've beaten a bunch of mid-level teams and lower. They haven't really beaten anybody that's that great during the streak. So, I mean, their top six is pretty solid. And uh, now they actually have a closing lineup. Um, whereas before they were having to play, you know, Grant Williams or Pritchard or whoever was hot that game, but now you have your fifth guy with Derek White and, you know, having him and Marcus Smart in the perimeter is sort of like having Caruso and Lonzo Ball and that two guys that can just hound the ball handlers and also defend bigger guys too, because they're so tough. Um, uh, but they would have to get the perfect matchup in the first round in order to advance, I think, but they're dangerous.
1: They're dangerous, but I think the reason why they won't uh, make any big noise in the playoffs is just because uh, when push comes to shove, I think Tatum and Brown, we haven't seen them work together recently in the playoffs. And in crunch situations, I think Tatum's going to try to take over the game or make his mark. And uh, I think sometimes as a team, you need to be able to defer. And I think Tatum's going to have to learn that this year. And he hasn't shown any big signs of that thus far.
0: All right, all right. Let's uh let's move out west. Josh, who are your primary contenders in the west? I'm assuming Phoenix has to be at the top of those lists because they're just rampaging the whole league at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, judging by this year only, you would have to say Phoenix is far and away the, the favorite out of anybody. And they've played by far the best out of anybody. But I think in the top tier for me, I would put um, Golden State and Phoenix together. Because Golden State plays the same sort of style and, you know, They play the same uh, type of basketball on the defensive end too. A lot of switching, a lot of really quick, smart perimeter players that just know what they're doing out there. Um, In the playoffs, which bench do you trust more? Uh, Not really sure. I mean, Phoenix's bench has been fantastic this year, obviously, and they have a couple guys out right now. And which coach do you trust more? I don't know. So I think it's very close between those two teams. I think it might just come down to injuries. And then after that... um, I think Denver is a dark horse, like a real dark horse to, again, I mean, I bet on them last year to possibly win it all if, you know, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. potentially come back. They're not coming back, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Murray's yeah. coming back. Murray will.
0: I, I don't think MPJ is coming back this year. And without him, I don't see them making it anywhere far. And, like, who knows how Jamal Murray is going to come out of this injury, Josh. That's a, That's a lot of faith you have. I know it's an underdog, but that's a that's a crazy, crazy call. Raj, who are your top contenders out of the out of the Western conference this year, right now? Yeah.
1: Yeah, like I, I agree with Josh. I think the Suns and Warriors, it's kind of a pick me depending on injuries. Um, I think obviously the Warriors uh have a lot of experience as well, and uh it all kind of comes down to how much an injury is preventing Draymond to play because they're not the same team without him. Uh, and he's a key piece to their our offense and defense. Um, then looking at the rest of the West, I think the rest of the teams, um, given the right matchup, they can maybe win, make it to the Western Conference Final, but um, it really looks like the way the Phoenix Suns and the Warriors are 1-2. It doesn't look like that's going to change, and uh, they're destined to meet in the Western Conference Finals. Funny enough, I consider the Grizzlies and the Cavaliers almost in the exact same position no, uh, in the sense no, that...
2: no. No, they're in the same read. position. Why? The Grizzlies are infinitely more talented, and they have a superstar player who already proved it in the playoffs that he can score against anybody and win a game on his own. And now he has more talent around him, and the chemistry is working a lot better this year as well. And they can easily win a series this, this uh, postseason because they actually have not only him, but a few other guys that can really score the ball. And they have a really good bench too and uh, they have better coaching as well overall
1: yeah but then but then you look at the Cavs; they've also exceeded expectations this year like we expected the grizzlies to make the playoffs but they're obviously one of the top three teams uh they're well-rounded the Cavs are as well uh they have a lot of young players so do the the grizzlies um yes they do have playoff experience but like they it's not like they pushed very hard last year and obviously the east is probably still not as strong as the West in terms of competition. Um, and when I l- look at this team, the Cavs have like multiple ways to beat you, and so do the Grizzlies. Um, but I-, I think both of them have are in the same position in terms of we don't expect them to make it to the finals or uh, make it to the Eastern or Western Conference finals, but they've exceeded expectations. They can win a series given the matchup, um, but what probably will hurt them is just not having enough experience, and in, you're right. In Cleveland's case, they don't have that superstar player, but um, they're playing
2: good basketball, and they have something to be excited about. You just don't see any weak points with the Grizzlies, though. I mean, the Grizzlies have beaten a lot of teams this year. They've probably one of the only teams that have beaten Golden State, Phoenix, and a lot of the teams in the top um, upper echelon of the Eastern Conference too. And again, like going back to the experience thing, like having that one round of experience. Um, playing Utah, winning that one game on the road, and then it's coming in and destroying teams, even on the road this season shows a level of maturity that you know a lot of teams haven't really shown this year, obviously. And I think that I can sort of compare Memphis to like OKC back in the day when Westbrook and KD took that next step in year two of when they made the playoffs. I think Memphis could actually like make it to the conference finals this year if everything goes right.
0: That's a lot of faith in a very young team, right? Like, this is one of the youngest teams in the league, and obviously John Morant, being the superstar he is, is like, in his third year? And you're really going to put that much
1: faith into him? The the thing is, with Morant, Morant, like, the the main issue is the Grizzlies are so reliant on him um, that if he's not playing well, if he picks up a knock, um, if teams are able to really get the ball out of his hands, I... I just not question, but they haven't played in enough situations where they have other proven options. And I'm not saying Cleveland has plenty of other proven options, but I'm thinking they they play a game where it's harder to just eliminate one thing and shut down Cleveland compared to playing against Memphis. Like if you can get the ball out of Moran's hands, Memphis isn't as good of a team.
2: So yeah, that's where I sort of disagree. I think Triple J has taken another step up this year, especially in the second half of the year so far and he's proven himself as a consistent contributor. And if he keeps playing the way that he is on defense as well, where you can play him at center in closing lineups, I I think that they have more than enough. And they have so many shot makers on that team too. So if you get the ball out of his hands, they're so well organized, and they know exactly what they're going to be doing on offense every possession. Whereas with Cleveland, their entire offense revolves around Garland. And if you get the ball out of his hands, there's not enough guys on the wing that can make plays. Whereas Memphis has Desmond Bain. They have, you know, the biggest question I have with them is Dylan Brooks, because he hasn't played in the last couple months. And, you know, if he comes back and he's trying to take as many shots as he used to, that could disrupt their chemistry. And also, I'm assuming he's going to start, but who knows if he's healthy by playoff time.
0: I don't think they would start him, given that he's played like maybe 10, 20 games this year at most. Dylan Brooks has barely played this year.
2: No, I think he'll, they'll start him. He's like the heart of the team. And I think if they don't start him, it's going to be a weird situation. Yeah, Over I, I think he's Williams. Hmm. Yeah. Williams is a okay. rookie, right? Like he's not gonna play that much in the playoffs. No,
0: no, you're right, you're right. No, no. With withdrawn, withdrawn. That's my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Raj, did you know that the Memphis Grizzlies are eleven and two without John Morant this year?
1: Yes, we all heard that stat back in uh December <laughs> when some people on his own or some people from Memphis were saying that we're playing better without the without you. And that he should take more time to rehab his injury, which obviously is
2: just absurd. Also, um, since we've already talked about the top three teams, I am going to be that guy to make the prediction that the Utah Jazz will be eliminated in the first round of the playoffs, no matter who they play this year.
1: I, I won't eh. say no matter who they play. Like
2: I think <laughs> Oh, no, no. Playing... It's, who ma- it's no matter who they play, because they're going to play either Dallas or Denver. And I think either way, that's a bad matchup for them. They are not getting out of the first round.
1: What if it's Minnesota? Yeah, what happens if it's Minnesota?
2: How is it going to be Minnesota? Minnesota's not going to two good Minnesota's only two
1: games.
2: Nah. Minnesota's two ga- three games back from the six? They're two games back from the six, but I don't know. I just can't see Denver falling that far. Especially when they get Murray back, too. And uh, you
1: know. He's not going to come back 100%, though. That's the. It's going to take him time. and He is a player yeah. that uses his first step. But again, I, I think Utah's not going to make it. They're not going to have any chance in making it to the Western Conference Final, like no chance.
0: Utah is uh, in prime position to not blow it up this summer, but Trade to Gobert. make some big moves. Yeah, they have. I I think it's at that point where you can only repeat the same team over and over again until one point where it just like it just falls apart. And we've all heard the reports about Gobert and uh, Mitchell not getting along, right? So it's time.
2: Yeah, and if they choose a guy, it's going to be Gobert that's going to go.
1: Yeah, I was begging for them to make a change because, like, I think this is probably the third year in a row where they've kind of run it back uh, with the exact same team. And you're always, I think the plan was always Donovan Mitchell will improve every year. He'll be able to carry us that much farther. Mm -hmm. He has been injured one time, but uh, I, I just think overall, like, this is uh this is a situation where they're definitely a pretender no chance to make it to the finals they're they're less of a contender than Memphis is for sure
0: no 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 but they got to kill alexander walker he'll he'll solve all <laughs> the issues that they have
2: come on man it's weird it's a weird situation there yeah, I don't know why they traded for, uh, you know, baby Clarkson. I mean, I, I like Na and everything, but he's not going to fit in that system when they already have a guy taking those shots that he wants to take. No, no, yeah. no, no, bad,
0: bad idea.
1: And just based off of his first game, he played three minutes. I don't think he's uh, going to have a, any role.
0: <laughs> like
1: uh, like a, any serious role.
0: And, and they have Hassan Whiteside. That's how you know this team won't go very far. <laughs> It's true. Unfortunate. Unfortunate because I love Rudy Gay and all, but nah, man. Uh, do you want to talk about any of the LA teams or are they just whatever?
2: Who cares? I don't want to talk about the Lakers. I meant the Clippers. Do You <laughs> want to talk about the Clippers? I mean, the Clippers yeah. are loading up for next year. They have so many wing guys now that if they actually stay healthy next year, they are going to be absolutely scary. And they should be the probably the favorites if those two guys are healthy with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Cause they can play so many different styles and so many different guys. If one guy is having an off night, you just bring the next guy in because they have at least 10 to 12, even like Amir Coffee's good this year. So he's on a, he's <laughs> on a relatively good contract too. I think he's on like a minimum contract yeah. and he played really well when he was put in, in a, like a star role, um, where he was averaging like 16 points per game in that stretch where they were on the road for a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, next year they're going to be very difficult to beat um, once Norman Powell gets back, to, you. Hopefully as gets well soon with his uh, his broken uh, bone in his foot. Um, but, yeah, they're not going to do anything this year. They'll be lucky to make the playoffs, obviously. And the Lakers, I've already said a million times, even from the start of the season, they're not going to make a playoffs this year.
1: They will be in the playoffs. They may not make a top-eight seed, but they will be in the playoffs. It's The NBA has too much to lose. Correct. Uh, Mavericks, no love, no
0: Luca love. Next, I mean, Luca's finally looking in in shape. No, I mean, you can't say next. We got to discuss okay. them at least.
2: <laughs> but Sorry, are Raj. they
1: contender? Yes or no?
2: They're probably not, no, a, they're contender, not a contender, but no. they're. I could see them as a potential dark horse to win around for sure. Right, <sighs> with the way that Luca's playing right now, he he's he's basically become like LeBron circa 2008, I believe where he had like a pretty eh team around him, but he's putting up these like crazy stat lines and carrying his team to wins. And that's the last guy you want to see in a playoff series.
0: Yeah. Except they want to see everyone else on that team in a playoff series. So
2: yeah. Like shame Cleveland, they play really good or... defense. I mean, they haven't obviously played with Dinwiddie and Bertons yet, but you know, before them they were playing top five defense for the last couple months. And if you combine a top-five defense with a superstar-level player, that's a tough out in the playoffs. All
0: right. All right. Well, let's... Okay. Anything else before we move on to all-star selections? I'm good. good. Yeah, I think I'm good, too. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move on and make our predictions for the Clorox Rising Stars game. (laughs) Yeah. So... Uh, can one of you guys explain to me, Josh, I know you're all
2: about this, but
0: how does this new system work for this rising stars game tournament? I don't know what you want to call it here.
2: Uh, so they had a player pool draft, which was conducted by Rick Barry, Gary Payton, Isaiah Thomas, the one in Detroit and James Worthy. And, uh, they each chose, uh, what is it? 12 rookies, 12 sophomores and four members of the G league in this pool of players and they're going to go with the Elam ending um, for the first game that they play, where they play up to 50 points, I believe. And then I believe the championship game is up to 25. And each team, again, has a mix of players on them. So Team Barry has Cade Cunningham, Dyson Daniels, who's from the G League Ignite, Mobley, Akoro, Shangoon, Tate, Bogner. Team Isaiah has Achua, Bain, Bay, Edwards, Halliburton, Jaden Hardy from the G League, Isaiah Stewart. Team Peyton has LaMelo um, Ball, sorry, uh, Scotty Barnes, Iota Sunmu, Duarte, Scoot Henderson from the G League, McDaniels from Minnesota, Mitchell from Sacramento, and then Team Worthy has Cole Anthony, Marjon, Bochamp, Giddy, Green, Jones, Maxie, and Jalen Suggs. And the first game is Team A versus Team B, which everyone will see on Friday, but um, team i uh, sorry, game two is Team C against Team D, and then the winners play in the final game. So the most interesting thing about this game to me, which I think makes it the most interesting thing of the weekend, is just seeing the G League Ignite guys just wanting to bust the asses of the NBA guys, which is going to bring up the level of the games, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm all for this Rising Star roster, I think. Having a few players from spread across the different teams, like sophomores, fresh, uh, like uh, rookies, not freshmen, rookies, um, and some <laughs> G League players, will really make it um, interesting. Because you want to play better than someone who's drafted a few uh, picks before you. You want to show that hey, maybe I play on a bad team, but I can actually outplay my counterpart. And having an Elam ending makes it exciting. Um, maybe the first couple of baskets will be freebies, but as they get closer to the uh, the total, I think teams will actually start playing some defense, which will be nice. Um, defense and I, in a rising stars game. I think there what? will be some level of defense. I think Josh hit the nail right on the head. I think having the G League players, and then again having a bunch of players like it would lo- it would be nice to see Evan Mobley and uh, Scotty Barnes kind of. Uh, If they end up playing in the finals, go at it and see like, hey, you know what? I really want to win this uh, game because it gives them a little edge over rookie of the year between two players who have been playing really well. Um, But yeah, let's go to picks because I think um, this is probably going to be kind of a pick me. It like really depends on how well the secondary players play. But Peter, do you have any uh, idea on who you think is going to win?
0: So Josh said that we don't know the teams yet, but it's Team Isaiah versus Team Worthy, and then Team Barry versus Team Payton, right? So we know the teams going into this beforehand, or at least yeah. a matchup. Sorry. Uh I mean, how do you not choose Isaiah's team between Desmond Bain, Sadiq Bay, who are like incredible shooters, Anthony Edwards, and Tyrese Halliburton are two of like the best guard young guards, and then Precious Achua and Isaiah Stewart. I was like. Mediocre bigs, and Jaden Hardy. I don't know anything about Jaden Hardy, but yeah, with the NBA talent alone, I mean that it seems like the most like spread out and like consistent offense. And like to be honest, I know you said that these guys are going to lock down and like try to play defense, but I'm not counting on defense in this kind of game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if if All Star Weekend has taught us anything in the past, it's these guys are just going to chill and have fun. Out there they're putting on a show for the fans, they're gonna get paid. Why would they, you know, risk themselves yeah. and play actual uh, defense?
1: Yeah, like just talking about this matchup, I think Team Isaiah's team is just better. Um they they shoot the ball a bit more consistently. Um they have a bit more star power, players that play more significant minutes for their team. Um and I I think that this is gonna be like Isaiah's team is going to be better than Worthy's team. Worthy's team, really, I'm interested to see Josh Giddy and Tyrese Maxi how well they play. Uh, Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs have been really high usage players playing on some really bad teams, so maybe they have something to prove that hey, look, we can actually play winning basketball. But uh, I think Isaiah's team is going to win this round. Uh, but what about Barry and Peyton? Because those teams on paper, I think they uh, they're pretty even.
2: Yeah, give me Team Payton, because Team Payton has a bunch of dogs on it who are going to play really hard. you got Scotty Barnes, Dasunmu, and Davion Mitchell who are going to play super hard, obviously. And then Scoot Henderson is the best prospect in the draft in two years. And I think he's going to want to show that he has superstar-level potential and really show out so people start talking about him early at 16 years old. So when he's coming into the league, he's going to be the top pick in the draft. So I think Team Payton is going to eventually win it all.
0: Wait, 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 hold on. Team Peyton has LaMelo Ball, who is going to be solely focused on Sunday's All-Star game, right? You know that these guys don't really care about the Rising Stars game when when they got selected to be an All-Star. So why the hell would LaMelo Ball even show up for this? He's just going to go through the motions, throw some lobs, and that's it. So, then put
2: him on the bench and let Scotty Barnes take over (laughs) the point guard position. (laughs) Wow,
0: this is a Toronto fandom right here, man. Get out of here. This is straight up Toronto fandom.
1: Come yeah, uh, just just to be a contrarian, I'm going to choose Team Barry over Team Payton. Uh, I think Team Payton has a better defensive side, but Barry's team um, just has a, a few more players that can put the ball in the basket a bit better. Um, and uh, I'm going to say in the finals, it's going to be Barry versus Isaiah. And I'm going to stick with uh, my boy, Anthony Edwards. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Team Isaiah winning this all. On, hold on. On top of everything else, Team Barry also has the most number of actual
0: teammates. Huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah. Evan Mobley teammates. and Isaac Okoro.
2: Alprin Sengun and Jaishan Tate. I mean, that's, that's chemistry, guys. Yes. You also have to factor in this is a guards game, so I think Team Worthy is going to win the first game because they have so many different guards on that team. Even though, like, if you look at the team structure itself, it's not great, but this is not really that type of game anyway. So give me Team Isaiah versus Team Worthy. And Team Isaiah to win it all with Scotty Barnes being the MVP. Uh, hold on. It's Team
0: Isaiah versus Team Worthy in the first round. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah yes. And then Barry Payton in the
2: first round. Yeah. Oh, well, Team Isaiah versus Team Barry then.
0: <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, team. Payton, sorry.
2: Team Payton, I meant. Team Payton is going to win it all.
0: Nah. No thanks. Team Isaiah is going to win. Yeah. I'm with Peter. Nah. All right. Let's move on to the Taco Bell skills challenge. Uh, so there are three teams, apparently, the Tacumpo brothers, the Cavaliers, and a trio of rookies. Uh, Raj, do you, do you know how this works? Is it a relay? Is it like, how, what the hell is this? What's happening here?
1: Yeah, this is like uh, completely different from like past years where they had, I think last year was bigs versus guards. Uh, and then one year they did it uh, like one-on-one. Um, but yeah, so, um, the new format basically works, uh, around these, they'll have four rounds, um, they test their shooting, their passing, their dribbling, uh, and the two teams with the most points, uh, after the first three rounds will advance to the final round. And then basically you have to finish each round with a different amount of points. So I don't know how the points are going to be allocated. I think we're gonna have to find out, or I can actually read the rules, um, nah,
0: it's it's too much. Re- come on, re- yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's it, it's a it's worthy of a, an essay. But um, I I think honestly, <laughs> the Anticupo brothers are not going to make it uh, to the um, to the finals unless it's like some spelling bee challenge. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's going to obviously be the rookies versus the Cavs, and I, I think overall, I like. Um, what the uh, rookies can do with Cade and Josh Giddy with the passing drills a bit more than Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, and Darius Garland.
2: Yeah, I would tend uh, yeah. to agree. The rookies are going to win.
0: Yeah, definitely the most talent, like, skillfully talented to, out of the three groups. And come on, let's be fair. Forcing Thanasis, kumpo and Jared Allen to shoot threes is just... Come on, what are we doing here, man? I so wonder, what, like, what team is Alex into the coupon? one The Raptors nine oh five. Dead serious. I'm not even. I'm not even kidding. Like you, if you look at the infographic, he's wearing a red jersey. So you're like, oh, maybe he's on the Houston Rockets. The Raptors nine oh five.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, good for them for having their moment as a family in this skills competition. I guess, but sure, whatever, man. I'm, I'm, I'm over this. Can we
0: go to the three point contest? Because like, personally, this is the one that I like to watch the most out of all the uh, the Saturday night festivities. So we're looking at uh, Desmond Bain, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine, CJ McCollum, Paddy Mills, Carl Anthony Towns, Fred Van Vliet, and Trey Young. Uh, Raj, who do you have for this? To win it all? Of course to win it all. What? No, I mean, for
1: each round, who do you have? Come oh, on, man. Uh, this is tough. Who's going to get hot? I, for me, I I love the Grizzlies. Uh, I like Desmond Bain, but I, I'm going to have to go with uh, Zach Levine. I think uh, the way he's been playing um, this year, obviously before the injury, he's been playing lights out. He just seems like a. he's also had experience in this competition before, um, whereas most of these other players, it's their first time doing it. Um, so I, I'm going to go with Zach Levine.
2: If you're making a bet on a betting website, just make sure that you give it, you get your cash back in case he doesn't actually play in this competition because there's a chance he misses All Star Weekend in full. Um, so I would definitely not place my bet on him just based on that and his bad knee. Uh, but I would probably choose I would say Canard or Mills because both those guys have pretty quick, smooth shots, and they don't require a lot of time to get it off. Obviously, and they just have really good forms too. I think Patty Mills jumps more than his jumper, so I'm gonna take Kennard.
1: I'm gonna take Patty Mills if Levine doesn't play or doesn't
0: uh, compete. So I'm I'm trying to look up on betting odds now that Josh has mentioned it because, uh, you know, but like, what are the odds that we actually get betting odds on this crap? Uh, easy,
2: there's betting. No, odds there's definitely everything. betting odds for sure.
0: <laughs> uh, let me let me find it, man. Is this last year's? God damn it. 2022. Uh, so I have odds to win all-star game MVP. That's
2: not what I want. I think I have it. But I'll keep that. Uh, Patty with Patty Mills is plus 450. Canard is plus 500 Van Blee plus 500. Levine, plus plus five fifty, Trey Young plus five fifty, Bain plus six hundred, McCollum plus seven fifty, Towns plus eleven hundred. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was waiting to hear what Carl Anthony Towns'
0: odds were. Uh give me. Uh, I don't know, man. It's either gonna be Trey or CJ McCollum. I can't pick between the two. Honestly, I actually don't like the shoot this field of shooters. Other than uh, Levine and Bain, and obviously McCollum and Trey Young, but like Luke Kennard being in this is weird. Patty Mills is like one of the streakiest shooters in the league. I know Karl Anthony Towns is like the best big man shooter in the league, but like, really? Are we really doing this? Where, where's Steph? Where's Clay? You know?
2: Where are the Where are like the shooter shooters? I'm guessing Steph turned it down because they would not not send him an invite, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's and definitely. same thing with Clay. Come on, man. Uh give me uh, give me CJ McCollum. He's shooting a lot of threes this year. He's a chucker. I think I might place a bet on towns
2: though. Plus eleven hundred is tough to pass up. Yeah, that's juicy. No. Yeah, but no. <laughs> he's a great, <laughs> he great shooter well and he doesn't donate. even jump on his shot, so why not? He doesn't yeah, jump
0: but- and uh he his shot like it doesn't require much. You know, and he's like, used to set shooting. It's not like he's a guy who creates his own shot.
2: He is a type of guy that you're not really sure if he's going to finish all the racks. Yeah, that's the issue. Man, like they give them so much extra time
0: rack. and shit. Yeah, but they have so much time, and then there's like that that new four-point ball or whatever it's Ugh, called the and do zone.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, whatever. We have our picks. Let's go to the dunk contest, guys. The last event of the night. We're looking at. A very small lineup, I think. Cole Anthony, Jalen
1: Green, Juan Toscano-Anderson, and Obi Toppin. Uh, Raj, who do you have for this? I know everyone uh, is going to probably say Jalen Green, but I'm going to go on a limb here and say Juan Toscano-Anderson.
0: Damn! <laughs> <laughs> Why?
1: Oh, that was actually going to be my pick, too. I just feel that if you accept the invitation, that you probably have something up your sleeve.
2: No, we um, say this every like, year with these random scrubs who come in, and they always fail. It's not going to work. That's all. What? Uh, what? what are pick? you talking
0: about? Remember the time that Jeremy
2: Evans won the dunk contest? Does anybody remember this? I don't remember this. Did this happened. <laughs> Check the record books. <laughs> I think it happened. Who do you?
0: Who won it last year? Do you remember? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Anthony Simons. Oh my god! Oh, oh yeah. Over, Do you remember the year uh, before? Yeah. Do you remember the year before that? This is when we were all together, mind you, for 2020. We were like literally in the same house for this one. Who did Aaron Gordon lose to that year? <laughs> this is yeah, hilarious.
2: I'm gonna go way back with this this game. This is awesome. Oh well, the year god. before that, actually no, three years ago was Levine, right?
0: No, it wasn't. Do you remember yeah. that we're in twenty twenty two, Josh? Is that five Twenty sixteen.
1: Twenty sixteen was
0: Levine. Levine and Gordon was twenty sixteen.
1: Yeah, it was. I remember that. Yeah, that was that was a, Toronto,
0: twenty sixteen. Um twenty seventeen, Glenn Robinson the third. Oh my god. Oh my god. Don't even know if he's in the league anymore. He's not. Twenty eighteen, Donovan Mitchell. That was a pretty good one if I remember correctly. Uh twenty nineteen, Hamadou Diallo. Oh god. Yeah. What are we doing? And 2020, the year that I just tested you guys
2: on, Derek Jones Jr. Josh won money on that, if I'm not wrong. I've won some money on some different dunk competitions. Most of the time, it's very easy to see who's going to win. Even if they're like a plus 200 betting on, you might as well put your money. Like Jalen Green this year has to be like less than plus 200, I would guess, right? Do you have the odds there, Josh? I'm pulling it
0: up right now. Pull them up. (laughs) All right. Pull it up, man. Because, uh, one Anderson Anderson's gonna get my money. Well, I mean, whoever the betting book is, but have
2: you even seen this guy before? I've seen him poster people. Mm, I've seen him poster seen JaVale. That's all I need. Yeah, Jalen Green is plus one fifty. Obi Toppin is second at <laughs> plus, plus two fifty. Anderson Anderson's plus three fifty, and Cole Anthony coming in the rear plus four fifty.
1: The only Ooh. thing Cole Anthony can do is bring in Jay Cole. And do some combo dunk. That would be like, oh, that's pretty cool. Why J. Cole? Just because of, of his name? <laughs> yeah, they kind of look alike.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I am uh, I only like one Toscano Anderson because I like guys between 6'4 to 6'7 in this competition. I, I think that's like prime athletic uh, capability for basketball players. And he's the, the only one that fits into that mold.
2: He's just never seemed as, you know, an explosive dunker, especially in game. Like he's had some posters, sure, but he doesn't jump off the page like, for example, his teammate, right? Kaminga in this competition, I think oh, yeah. something. Because he has Kuminga really explosive dunks.
0: If Steve Kerr would have played Kaminga more to begin the year, it would have worked. Give this guy yeah, some shine. He would have been in the Rising Stars challenge and then maybe he would have been in this competition too. Exactly. Alright, well Roger's taking one Tuscano Anderson. I'm I uh, I think Josh has convinced me to take Jalen Green. I think you're right. Now that I think back to all the season highlights, Jalen Green has to be the winner. Oh yeah. Alright. Good stuff. Uh, anything else here guys? Or are we wrapping it up? Are you guys excited for All Star Weekend? You know, get together?
1: No. Uh we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see how these uh these plans and mandates and this convoy is going, but uh I'd uh <laughs>
2: the convoy is, tra- is affecting your All-Star weekend plans.
1: <laughs> hey, you never know, man. These things change every second. You imagine if they were in the the truckers are invading the suburbs. Imagine. <laughs> the- Yo, they might go to Cleveland. You never know.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. That would really yeah, affect Clever- the game.
1: Cleveland would love it. Let's be real. Yeah, they
2: support <laughs> the it.
0: city of Cleveland would love it. They'd be like, ah, oh, tourism. Thank you very much. Come in. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll wrap it up here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace. Peace.